Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, sweetie. Hi, sweetie. sweetie. Hello, October. Oh my God. Hello, October. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I was talking to my sister and I'm like, it's October already. And she goes, yes. And the holidays, Thanksgiving is only a few weeks away. And I was like, well, it's more than a few weeks, right? But it's like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden there's this feeling of being in a new season. Yeah. Yeah. And this fall always feels like it's yeah. entering this big new season for that reason. Like yeah, Halloween, yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, <laughs> like all at once. The holidays. Okay. So we have an eventful month um, in October astrologically. So I think we should just dig in here. I mean, we've got three planets. They're stationing direct. We've got a solar eclipse. We've got a Mars retrograde. So let's let's unpack the astrology for October. And let's start at the beginning of the month because on the 2nd, we have Mercury going direct in Virgo. So it's always kind of a nice thing when Virgo shifts and there's forward movement. So let's talk about that Mercury in uh, Mercury retrograde in Virgo. I mean, it's always so nice sometimes to kind of review what happens in a retrograde. So, I mean, what did we learn in that Mercury retrograde in Virgo and Libra? Yeah, so Mercury's been retrograde since September 9th. I mean, the one of the things that I feel like I learned is that a lot of people found this Mercury retrograde <laughs> rather challenging. Um, is that I, what you learned, Stephanie? That's one of the things that I learned. No. Um, also, you know, again, it was very much, I mean, my personal experience was really having to be very mindful mm. about going slow. Mm. You know, and and I know, like, I say these things, I say these things here and in my classes and to clients and to whoever, you know, friends, family. But, you know, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. Right. And it's just that really watching that desire to just like sail through something or push something forward, even when you know the timing is not right. Yeah. And so really just reminding myself, go slow go back over things. And that's been, um, I've really, really seen the benefit of that. Like the things that I've been able to um, uncover and Mm. integrate. I mean, thinking about Virgo, right? Digest, even information, digesting it by chewing things over, assimilating, digesting. That has felt, especially the last week or so, has felt very palpable for me. Yeah, I, I too heard from a lot of people that that this Mercury gray, Mercury retrograde was a little challenging, and you know, part of it also happened around that Kazemi last month, and in Libra, and we'll be talking Kazemi again this month, but again, just that very kind of intense Mercury energy, right? Because the Kazemi involved the Sun and Mercury, and it was just it felt like very mercurial to me, like one minute up, then down, then we're going left, and then we're going right. And so I think that kind of slowing down, like I had so many emails bounce back or go to the wrong person, but then knowing it was a retrograde, I was able just not to get my, my panties in a twist about it and just 
breathe into it. And I had so many emails that started, no worries, it's a Mercury retrograde. That was like my email introduction for the last few weeks. Yeah. And it's been nice. I've seen a lot of people too, just, you know, give themselves permission to not Mm. push things like that pushing and that pushing and it not getting traction and then realizing this is not a time for pushing. So what if we delayed this? What if we rescheduled this? And that just brings about a lot of freedom again to like feel that you are working with the natural rhythm, the natural wave. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Okay. So moving right along. Bye-bye Mercury retrograde. Bye-bye Mercury retrograde. Let's talk about these planets, these planets that are stationing direct this month. And the first one that is happening is our friend Pluto is stationing direct in Capricorn on what is the day, October the 8th. And so as we've talked about before, when planets are stationing, those energies tend to be intensified. And hello, it's Pluto, which is all around intense anyway, and then it's in Capricorn. So these Pluto themes are going to be strong. Let's talk about what those Pluto themes can be, like digging deeper, feeling your emotions and your feelings on some deep level. Any other deeps there you want to <laughs> you want to add on, Stephanie? Just deep, deep depth. Deep, That's deep, all we need deep. to know. Um, right. I mean, it's that notion too, right? With Pluto, the reminding, the reminder of like control that we don't really have it, but we have choice, right? Choice then becomes the way that you can feel a sense of control, right? How you choose to orient, you know, decisions, you know, um, work with situations, navigate situations. So control and power are always big themes. Mm-hmm. Also, right, the arising of the hidden from maybe the deep recesses. So to really watch whether it's that like, oh, I found that sweater of mine that's been like tucked away <laughs> in the deep corner or like, oh, I'm connecting to a feeling that was seemingly hidden because I've been pushing it down, right? To be really mm-hmm. open to what will arise, what wants to see the light of day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all that said, it can be, you know, Pluto's an intense planet, right? It reminds us of the cycles of life. And it's just exceptionally transformative, inviting us to say, like, what no longer is vitality affirming and what can we release? Yeah. Yeah, because you know, Pluto is you know so much to do with transformation, and it's that death and rebirth energy. But what I find sometimes in dealing with Pluto, it, there can be like, oh, I didn't see that coming, because it's that stuff. Oftentimes, that stuff that is really packed in deep because it is so intense or it is so scary. We don't want to look at it, and so we stuff it away. And then here's Pluto, like going. I don't think so. And so as it comes up, if we can keep in mind that by looking at it, by healing it, by having awareness around it, that's where the transformation really starts to come in. But you got to be willing to swim through the... What do you want to call it, Stephanie? Is there a nice word through it for it? Swim the, through the, the poop. sludge. Sludge. The inner sludge. And, and of course, this is all happening in the sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn has so much to do with our structures and you know the, the mundane world and you know, finances and banking and government. So you know, it could kind of hit us in some different ways. Yeah, yeah. I think too, like with Pluto, so the word like, or the, the 
action of toppling that would just sort of, you know, the toppling yes. of structures, right? The structures yes. that are no longer sustainable. And as we've been seeing over the last while, while there's a lot of stru- structures that are just holding on for dear life <laughs> that are being um, called upon, right? In terms of maybe there'll be a dismantling or toppling. The, uh, the other thing I just kind of quickly wanted to say is I, I oftentimes like to work with the energies in a constructive way to sort of meet them, right? I always think like, say, during a Pluto station, Pluto wants to be known, right? So let's know Pluto sort of, I know there's not, it's reminding us there's no control, but still like, so what can you let go of? You know, what can you purge? What can you release? You know, I think Pluto stations are a great time to like, do deep cleaning, for example, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. to, to really proactively, you know, dance with those energies. Yeah. Well, one of the things you talk about, which I, I love, Stephanie, is when you're talking about Pluto is in those depths, there's hidden treasure. And so you've got to, you got to deep dive into the depths to get to the treasure. And when you really are there, you know, there can be so much awareness and rebirth. And I also love that you're talking about how can we be proactive with it? And so I will proactively make an appointment with my therapist (laughs) for the beginning of the month, because, you know, it just, it's an opportunity to like, you know, get to the bottom of some stuff. Super great. Exactly. That's another amazing Call your therapist. Call your therapist. And then speaking of all of this, then the very next day, we have an Aries full moon. And, you know, Aries is so fiery and, you know, and after that Pluto, Pluto, you know, and Aries together, new moon, it feels a little explosive, a little volatile, I have to say. Yeah, for sure, right? That Aries against yeah. that, not against, like in dance with that Libra, like that trying to find balance between the we and the me or the I, right? And that like Aries, like that championing, that fighting, that fighting for justice, mm-hmm. that fighting for harmony, that fighting for beauty or for accord. I guess that's some good ways it could show up, but <laughs> right? A full moon, especially in Aries, right? It's very, um, it's hot. There's a lot of hot, right? Right? There's a lot of heat. And if there is, you know, that if it's hard to have synthesis around seemingly opposites of the full moon, and we feel like we're going through the sludge during that Pluto station, it could be quite intense. So mm. it's, again, maybe like turning to the heat, you know, like moving things, tapping into that own, your own inner energy yeah. to release things and, you right. know, maybe champion for like, um, you know, be a champion of yourself in terms of burrowing into what's hidden to release it. Yeah, I, I think that's really great. And, you know, with it, this energy that could be kind of volatile and explosive, like when we were talking about it before, you brought up the term lava. Okay. And lava just feels like this flow of intense lava. And so when you said the word release, that really speaks to me. It's like, this is a releasing of energy. Maybe that's a way of turning towards that fire is not like trying to hold on, but just to allow things to release, to allow them to let go and transform. I think that's a great way of working with it. Yeah, I love that, right? Because it's like the almost like if you allow for the release, there's less like out of control eruption that could occur, (laughs) if you will. 
Right. So those few days in there, the beginning of October, feel a little bit intense and volatile and just really be aware of that. So moving forward, oh my gosh, this is a fun one to talk about because on October 22nd, which happens to be my birthday, I am a Libra, very happy birthday, very late degrees Libra. We on that day have a Sun-Venus conjunction, what we are now calling, not what we're now calling, but we're talking about a Kazemi again. And so the Kazemi is where the Sun and Venus are very, very tight in conjunction. So it just amplifies that Venus energy. And of course, this is all happening in Leo, not excuse me, Leo, Libra. So talk to us a little bit about the Kazemi. Yeah, it's so interesting too, right? Like the last day of Libra here, Mm -hmm. the sun being in Libra, here it comes with Venus, like the planet that governs Libra. It just feels like a beautiful, like sort of like bidding adieu in the most gorgeous way to Mm. the end, you know, to all of Libra season. So, you know, Venus is heightened when it's in the heart of the sun. So Venus being, you know, relationships and what you find beautiful and what you cherish, what you find rich and pleasurable. Mm -hmm. Venus is always sort of, you know, that social energy. So maybe it means a big birthday party for you. Perhaps lots of presents. Perhaps lots of presents, exactly. (laughs) Or both, or both. Or both, or both. Yes, you know, I just love that it's like amplifying Venus because Venus is such a yummy, as you're saying, rich planet. And, you know, I also think about that beauty element. And, you know, it's interesting because the other day I had a conversation with a Libra client and we just got into the importance of beauty, you know, and how that aesthetic and wanting those feelings of that harmony and that connection to things that are beautiful and that it's not a silly, superficial thing. It's a very Venetian, it's a very Libra thing. And it's it's really powerful for, especially for us Libras, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, it feeds one's soul. And I think yeah. too, like, you know, given, granted, it'd be a week and a half before, but like that Pluto station and full moon might have been very intense and we're about to go into a Scorpio new moon eclipse, you know, a few days later, I would say, you know, on the Mm -hmm. 22nd or around it, like really for whatever it is for you that denotes beauty, that denotes Mm -hmm. and embodies pleasure yeah you know that like it's filled with that experience of joy and grace like schedule that invite that in do that like make that your like homework for this for the month is like around that venus sun conjunction that can see me like you know i feel like we should all you know attend to you know, you know, a relationship, attend to yourself in a relationship, attend Mm -hmm. to the person you're in partnership with or alliance with, you know, to really like rest in like the cradle of beauty and pleasure Mm -hmm. feels really important, especially, I mean, I think that would be important at all times, but also because it's a, there's a lot of churn this month, right? With the Pluto new moon and then there's the eclipse, uh, the eclipse and the eclipse in November, like take that, like, pleasure, you know, time out for pleasure and beauty. 
Yeah, rest in the cradle of beauty and pleasure. I love that. I feel a T-shirt coming. Um, <laughs> I do, or you know, but or we also could have the Kazemi T-shirt, which is something we, that we've talked about because I love that word. Yes, and I think it feels like a very social time. You know, really a time to have fun and engage with others and, you know, make hay while the sun shines is what what I would say. Because, yes, after that, then we really start to shift into these Scorpio energies. And we had a little prelude to that with Pluto, which is Scorpio's ruling planet going direct. So on the 23rd, we have Scorpio goes into, uh, uh, not Scorpio, the sun goes into Scorpio. And then we also have Saturn. Here's our other planet that is stationing direct at the same time. And I'm like, as I'm saying that, I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck does that mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Saturn, right, stationing. So Saturn is very strong. Like it's always really important, you know, when mm-hmm. Saturn's strong to follow the rules, right? To dot your I's, to cross your T's, to make sure that you are looking at the foundation of things. Yeah. Therefore, I'd actually say like back that up and starting in the beginning of October, like knowing that there's a Saturn station coming on the third week, like how are the foundations? What's a weak link here? Like really looking to bolster that because if, you know, Saturn, strong Saturn will show you like where there's like a chink in the armor, right? So it will show you that or you will get the reward of like, hey, you're good to go. So, but again, that paying attention to foundations and it's interesting that it's the day after that Venus sun conjunction mm-hmm. because Saturn's turning direct in Aquarius. And there's many things about Aquarius, you know, social progress and technology, but also Aquarius is like, you know, we come together as like a band, right? Like we yeah. come together as like a group, a collective and thinking about the collective energy and that sun Venus kind of feels like it could be a good time for like you know, Mm. social plans, right? Like with a a few of your, you know, whether it's like the few of your closest or the people that in your community or collective that you work together to do good with, that feels like a nice activity around that Saturn direct. Yeah, because Saturn likes a container. And, you know, so for you to be in community with purpose, Mm. oh my gosh, that feels so Saturn direct. And you're talking about chinks in the armor. And, you know, when we have Pluto stationing direct in the, you know, beginning of the month, those chinks, those cracks are going to start showing up. So I kind of like the working it all together and having that awareness. So when those cracks show, we're we're on it and we're looking at ways to transform that or renew it or to make it more stable in some way, right? Because Saturn's all about, does this have longevity? Is this sustainable? But I love that you're bringing up this kind of social community piece too, because I think this period here could be very much about coming together with others and that collective community energy. I think that could be really nice. And I love too how you said like we're on it and it feels like part of the way to be on it, especially during the, with the Pluto station and now the sun's in Scorpio at this time and there's that new moon eclipse coming up in Scorpio is to face things, right? That's one way Um, on it. It's just like, I'm on it because you know what? I'm taking this seriously. I'm addressing this. I'm not turning a blind eye. I have trust that like maybe, you know, I have the resilience and the resources. I'm part of a community. Mm -hmm. This is where I draw my power from. 
my sense of resilience and my sense of resourcefulness from my people. And that feels like some of the strong invitation. Yeah, totally. And, you know, Pluto's like, you can run, but you can't hide. And so it's, it's, it's it could be a little bit of a catching up there. And I, I love the, um, the proactive piece, uh, about all of that. And, you know, really looking at, um, what we can do to make that change. And also, you know, as you're talking about resources, just to remember we're not alone. And if you're having that moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed and reach out, whether it's your community or friends or, you know, whoever, don't feel like you have to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, because there's that sense perhaps of isolation, but remember, like there's people around, you know, of all different levels, you know, different realms of friends, families, neighbors, you know, connected people who you share vision and value with, that you are not alone. And I think that this time will remind us of that. I I agree very much. So you've already alluded to it. (laughs) Hello, eclipse season. So we start another round of eclipses on October 25th, and it's a Scorpio new moon eclipse. And then of course we'll have the, the, that's a solar eclipse. We'll have the lunar eclipse in Taurus uh, at the beginning of next month. So, you know, eclipses are intense anyway. They really rip the bandaid off and really illuminate in their own way. And you bring in that Scorpio and here we are, we're talking about these Scorpio themes and Pluto and death and rebirth and transformation. So, how could we be proactive, Stephanie, in really grabbing a hold of that eclipse? Yeah. Well, I think just in general, right? Like I always think that one of like the stress reduction strategies for eclipse <laughs> season is to remember that things are eclipsed. So things mm. may feel like, oh my God, I just, you know, connected to this, like I have this experience, I have this awareness. Whoa, this is shifting my paradigm or shifting the direction of my life. Where is it taking me? I have no idea. And then we amp up because we're looking yeah. for certainty. Right. Remember things are eclipsed. So you may not have the certainty just yet. And so knowing that that, that if things are obscured mm-hmm. and not to push for, you know, too quickly for clarity, I think already like comes, you know, sort of de-stresses us because we know like, I don't need to know right now. Like I, it will unfold and I will right. know. Also to remember that this being a solar eclipse, a new moon eclipse, new moon, new beginnings, big new beginnings with an eclipse, but, or and with a solar eclipse, we oftentimes also experience the endings that come before beginnings. Mm-hmm. You know, the clearing of the field so that when these new seeds are planted, they have access to all the soil mm. and all the nutrients. There's nothing fighting for it. So just to witness again, you know, even weeks before the eclipse itself, what feels like it's a so similar themes, right? Like, you know, what seems like it wants to be let go, released, what's coming to a close? What closure do you need? Mm. Allowing that so that then to be open to like, oh, I feel that new thing that wants to be wants to germinate. Yeah. No, this is great. And I I love that you're bringing up the theme here because there is this like surrender, release, surrender, release. And and maybe that's a really great mindset to have all month long. And, but definitely I think that's going to be a heightened time. But then I say that and I'm like, I think this whole month is going to be a little heightened, shall we say. But that's a nice way. 
<laughs> what? what is, I like that, like heightened. That seems very. It's like Libra. It's we were trying nice to think of other words besides volatile, explosive, and transformative. <laughs> and intense. <laughs> and intense. Like we're like looking for new words. But again, just always remember that transformation aspect. You know, you got to go into the deep for the transformation to happen. So. Got it. Um, Happy Scorpio new moon. <laughs> yeah, totally. One more thing I realized I wanted to say about that is like, don't, you know, for none, for not for none of us to forget, for all of us to remember, let's put that in the positive, that Scorpio is a water sign, right? It's emotion, right? And yeah. so that's why it also may feel very intense because we're like not just dealing, we're dealing with our emotions. We're dealing with our deep emotions. We're mm. dealing with our emotions that maybe some of them ones were let there were like, wait, I don't have that emotion called envy or jealousy or who knows suspicion. <laughs> like, you know, we all have that, right? It's like really not pushing away feelings that we have, right? To project them out as shadow material, but like really owning the 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 wealth, the depth and the breadth of your feelings. And yeah. um, just as a note, um, this is the first eclipse. And as you said, that next one is in November and we promised we wouldn't talk too much about this, but it does bear sharing that the next eclipse is on November 8th, which is um, the election day here in the United States. And that is a a doozy of an eclipse. Um, oh, there's another good word, doozy. Instead that's a good of, one. <laughs> yeah, doozy. I like Let's that. Let's add that to the list of like volatile, yeah. explosive, doozy. Because Mercury's there, Uranus there, and it's an eclipse. And um, it's almost like you didn't need it to be an eclipse for likely <laughs> that that midterm election to be like all sorts of doozy crazy. Let but the games begin. Let the games begin. Let so we will begin. promise we will cover that in we more will. detail. And also what that may mean for all of us personally. But just right. you know, mark on your calendar. That's the next eclipse, right? And I, I'm and thank you for bringing up the emotional part. There's a lot of emotional potential impact with Scorpio, and you also brought up the word shadow. And speaking of shadow, let's talk about that. We're wrapping up our uh, forecast for the month with Mars going retrograde in Gemini on October 30th. Now Mars is not a happy camper in retrograde motion. Mars is all about forward movement and conquer, make things happen. And so this could be a time where we're experiencing frustration or we're not getting our way. We've talked about this before, not feeling in control. So let's talk about that because it's also going to be retrograde until the new year, until January the 12th. So what are some strategies for working with that Mars retrograde? Yeah, and Mars retrograde is so interesting because it's the planet. And when I'm saying that too, I'm like thinking even all the way out to Pluto, that goes retrograde the least frequently, right? It goes retrograde every two plus years and the other ones go, you know, or happen more usual. I mean, more frequently. I just didn't want to use that word again. Um, so what is that like? You know, especially in the beginning, around the 30th days before days after, around January 12th days before days after, Mars is strong. Mars. Yep. Mars. Force, will, Marsy, martial, force, will, championing, warring, like cutting, penetrating, like moving, willpower, fueling, all of that. So there may very well be a very tamped up energy in the energy mm -hmm. field. So watch, especially around those days for like um, 
I mean, to take advantage of feeling activated, but watch for overactivation or watch for overimpulsiveness or impatience. But, you know, to your point, right, Mars <laughs> likes to move and it doesn't oftentimes like to move backwards. Right. So Mars retrograde in the sign of Gemini could be, I mean, some of the strategies are looking at your strategies for um activating, searching for information, right? Gemini is about information. It's about communication strategies, right? It's about understanding. So, you know, gaining new awareness about how you know what you know, how you learn what you learn, how you speak what you speak, right? Mm -hmm. So it feels like that's what those two plus months can teach us yeah. is going slow, going back over, retracing steps to bolster, um, you know, our relationship with information and knowledge and information sources. You know, as you're talking about this, I'm like, gosh, this almost sounds like a Mercury retrograde, right? Because, you know, here we are talking about that slowing down and regroup and realign and the communication like the Mercury retrograde. So it's interesting because it's happening in, in Mercury's ruling uh, sign. So it's going to be interesting. We'll talk more about the Mars retrograde when we get into uh, November. Oh, my gosh. Um, next month. Yes, Stephanie's raising her hand. Did you? <laughs> yeah, my Gemini ruled hand. Yeah, one thing to say with that. Oh, two things to say with that, just to look at Gemini, like ruling the lungs, right? Ruling the hands and the shoulders, especially when the beginning and the end of the retrograde, just watch that where that your stress might be. And, you know, Mars retrograde teaches us about how we do anger. Uh, if we do mm. anger too. So that's how some people do anger by not doing anger. But like, because Mars is like, I want this. And sometimes we can't get what we want. So it's frustration, it's rage, it's anger. So take these weeks or these months to also like further understand how you can open to that natural emotion called frustration and anger and right. channel that in a way that feels more aligned for you. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm also, as you're talking, thinking, and then the next day's Halloween. So it's, a, and Halloween is to me always just kind of a special day. I, I, you know, it's the end of the spiritual new year and the veil is thin and there's a lot going on anyway. So yeah, just be mindful there um, at month's end. And speaking of Mars, uh, time for the tarot card of the month. I feel like we should have music for that. So the tarot card for the month of October that we chose is the tower card. And part of the reason we chose the tower card is because it's ruled by Mars. Now with the, with the tarot, and the tower, it's more of the shadow Mars energy, the destructive Mars, the Mars that's going to rip everything down, get out of my way. And indeed, what the tower card, and it's one of the death cards of the tarot, the tower card is about dismantling of structures. Now, as you'll see in most decks, you see that tower and it's hit by a bolt of lightning and people are falling out of the window. And as we, we, you know, we alluded to before, this is a time where you may not feel in control. You may feel like things are happening to me and that, you know, your towers, which represent the structures in your life are crumbling around you. They're being dismantled. Now this will happen, you know, on a personal level, or it could happen on a personal level where with this card or this energy, it's like, you feel like, things are going away and things are not working anymore. And those 
things that you thought were safe and secure, they're not there in the same way. And we're already seeing this on a, you know, universal level right now with the restructuring of so much in our world, but the tower is where it happens personally. So what do you do when you have the tower card? The remedy is surrender. And a lot of people, when they're in tower energy, which is a dismantling, um, they want to rebuild that tower. They're like, let me rebuild that tower. And it's like, don't rebuild your towers. Let them be dismantled. Let them go. Let them fall away. And then later, you'll rebuild new towers. And so it's not to recreate the old, it's to let go of the old. And one of the phrases that they use with the tower card is from the ashes rises the phoenix. And so the phoenix will rise from these ashes, but not today. Another element of that is in that surrender is sometimes it really helps to cry and grieve and to be in those deeper emotional processes that are respecting this death of sort or what you're letting go of. So don't feel like you have to suck it up and just put on a brave face. Allow yourself to go through the grieving process of what's letting go and what's being dismantled, and that will be fertile ground for the new structures. So I think the tower is a really great appropriate card for this month. I have to tell you, I mean, every month it feels like that card that you choose or we we choose, right, feels like really good medicine. But this one feels especially important, mm-hmm. right? I think yeah. because of this month to have this, you know, guiding force, that mm-hmm. archetype to really like um, hold us and help us to orient. And I love too yeah. what you said about like rebuilding, but not today, right? Also thinking today. about the Mars retrograde, right? Like yeah. just waiting and, and patience and not just filling space just to fill it. So um, thank you. That was really beautiful. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I, you know, it's a, I, I think it's a very appropriate card. Very appropriate. Yeah. Not today. Oh, okay. Not today. Wipe away my hair. Wipe away our tears, the tears of the phoenix. So, all right. All right. Oh, my gosh. So we actually unpacked this month. This was great. And uh, let's wrap up by just saying a little bit about what we're doing. Um, I would just remind people that I have a new online platform on Patreon with so much good stuff. There's collective tarot card readings and discounted sessions and spiritual community. So check it out at MeganSkinner.com. I'm also putting together already some holiday specials. (laughs) Oh, that's right. With my Tour Tarot. So stay tuned for that. It's all going to be on uh, MeganSkinner.com. What do you got going on this month? Well, Steph? some of the things I got going on, <laughs> I got going on with you, my That's dear. Right. <laughs> so um, on the fourth, my next, my latest book comes out, The Complete Guide to Living by the Moon. Yay! And I'm so excited. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I got it the other day and I just like, it's so beautiful. Yes. It's purple and gold and just beautiful. So in celebration mode, and you and I, as you know, or maybe everybody out there knows, or something. What? You know, <laughs> just to let you know, um, we're doing two events on October sixth. If you happen to be in Seattle, we're doing a book launch party at the Cloud Room, and everybody who attends gets a signed copy of the book, as well as an amazing gift bag that we've put together with offerings from Megan and. Wonderground Coffee, Olivia Atelier, Sugar Pill Moonlight Skincare, Alexandra's Macarons. Like these gift bags are like 
over the top. They are going to be so spectacular. So that's exciting. And then if you're not in Seattle, we are doing a free gathering the next week on October 12th um, online. Again, talking about the moon, talking about the magic of the moon, how to work with the lunar cycle, talking about the moon in your chart and all the lunar goodness. So you can find that information on my website, stephaniegaling.com under classes and events and more about the book on my book page. And um, yeah, I'm going to be doing some other events in Seattle as well. So just check out that page with all the the new um, information that will be added to that over the next coming days. Yeah, I'm so excited about your book, Stephanie. And it is gorgeous and so informative. And I'm excited about the magic of the moon. It's going to be a great event. Also, I just want to remind everybody that we love hearing from you. And so do not hesitate to reach out to us at so divine.us and there you go happy october happy october and a big shout out to our producers nick patry and sebastiano tecchio we could not do this without you so happy october may october be beautifully transformative for you you